Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that never leaves home without a golf ball. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, lots of of coaching news to get to later in this episode, so let's uh, quickly get into our week seven takeaways. Trey, what'd you see last weekend? Well, I got to start with one of the craziest stories and one of the craziest games also that we saw was Ole Miss and Tennessee. Um, You know, during the week, the game was kind of built up uh, and and in a way it kind of lived up to it. Uh, Obviously, there were some extracurriculars, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment, but we didn't in the game itself. We didn't have that scoring explosion that we anticipated. You know, the over under was over eighty, uh, but it was still exciting. Um, both quarterbacks, Matt Corral and Hendon Hooker, they they got banged up. Uh, they were also both the leading rushers, so they were they uh, they had a huge impact in the game. And uh, but late in the game, Tennessee almost converted a fourth and twenty four. They were down five, um, which led to the the crazy scene that we all saw um, and. You know, we'll we'll touch on that, but uh, so they were they're trailing by five. They get the ball back after they didn't convert that that fourth down, and they drove down and only for Joe Milton to actually run <laughs> out of bounds on the final play of the game inside the Ole Miss ten, God. which is just Ugh. the biggest head scratcher as a fan. It's got to be the most frustrating play of all time. Just throw it, man. Just throw it. It doesn't uh, matter. Just throw it up. Just give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but anyway, so we got to talk about the, the craziness. So there, there ended up being a 20 minute delay. Don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Fans are throwing everything on the field, uh, including what we've all seen is the golf ball that almost hit Lane Kiffin. Uh, you had <laughs> cheerleaders leaving the field, the band leaving the field, student section getting removed. Like they were pissed about the spot on that fourth and 24 play, which when you look at it, like. I don't think it was that bad of a spot, especially to warrant the reaction it. that they got. Like, and even if they were off by like three yards, it, nothing really warranted the actions yeah. that that ended up ensuing. No, no. especially Not at all. The, and the the weird part about it, which they kept bringing up, is the game wasn't over. Of course, they yeah. ended up almost right. winning it, so they almost, you know, what if they would have had to just sort of forfeit or cancel the game? They almost cost themselves. I know. And and even after the game that like Lane caught something on his way out, like that yeah. was crazy. Just not good. I'm, I think I remember a game like 10, no longer than that. Nebraska played at Colorado. I think yeah, I remember the Colorado oh, yeah, they, student fans yeah, they had were. to get cleared yeah. out for the same reason. But that was bad. That was like, this lasted a long time. It did. Like, was... How much more ammo do you have there? I That's what know. I was saying. Where were they getting all this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. It went on for a while, but... And who brings a golf ball to a game? <laughs> I know that's the question. No, <laughs> no. Someone yeah, who weird. really hates Lane Kiffin, I guess. Which that doesn't really <laughs> narrow it down in Knoxville. So. Like, I got to bring yeah, my true. keys, my wallet, my phone, and a golf ball to pelt the opponent. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, uh, that was crazy. And another, uh, we had an upset, of course, Iowa number two team going down uh and i would say my takeaway was just kind of iowa is kind of who many of us thought they were very good you know top 10 or 15 team maybe but they've got a bad offense and you can't always depend on three or four turnovers that's what everyone's been saying and it finally happened they finally didn't get all those turnovers and purdue just like this was not a fluky game even though purdue did 
win the turnover battle by quite a bit, but they they outplayed them. They outgained them by a lot. So uh, yeah. David Bell had 240 receiving Oof. yards. Aiden O'Connell was amazing in the game, very yeah. efficient. Um, and Iowa just the offense couldn't get anything going. They had seven points. Yeah, no, that was impressive by Purdue, no doubt. Um, I'm going to touch on the uh, the big SEC SEC East showdown that we had was Kentucky and Georgia. I'll give Kentucky credit; they made it interesting for a half. It was fourteen uh, seven uh, at halftime, even though it felt like you know they didn't really have a chance. Um, they were just kind of trying to hold back an avalanche, and it, it broke open there in the second half. Georgia went up thirty to seven and really just dominated there. Um, but Stetson Bennett played solid. Um, kind of building a nice rapport with uh, that freshman tight end Brock Bowers he's a stud that guy's as a freshman is already one of the best tight ends in the country he's he's really really good um, but maybe the most interesting thing about this game is is the finish is how it finished um, Kentucky <laughs> was <laughs> Kentucky was down 23 and the point spread was around 21 and a half depending on when you got it so Kentucky was driving late to try to cover the old spread for some folks like me. Um, <laughs> and they were they were right there near the goal line. The clock was running. The clock was running. It was going to run out. It was going to go to zeros. But but uh, Mark Stoops called a timeout with four seconds left just so they could Making run. Making the boosters one. happy. Yeah, that was that was nice. So they could uh, run one more play. And they did. And they got a touchdown. So that was a nice one for me. A bad beat for some others. But Well, then, wasn't the total? I had actually, uh, I think I took... I took under 44 and a half and oh. wasn't on that extra point i was oh i was just hoping like don't go for two because i thought maybe they would go for oh, two yeah and then and then it got blocked i'm like oh good 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 and then they started running with it they like oh no yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get two the other way but it went under i don't know if i had the the number right there but whatever it was that that, that that's <laughs> what you were under. feeling yeah yeah <laughs> but um all right uh trey any other takeaways yeah so the not it, not as big, but we had a huge, huge upset. Louisiana Monroe was a 33-point underdog to Liberty, one of the biggest upsets we've had in a few years. Uh, you know, everyone raves about Malik Willis and with, you know, their coach, Hugh Freeze. He's dynamic and great, but this was a shocker by, by Bowden's boys. I mean, they forced him to have one of his worst passing games. Uh, he threw three picks, and it was weird because Liberty was up 14 nothing at half, and, you know, you just thought they'd, they'd kind of roll, but... Rich Rodriguez, the offensive coordinator for ULM, sparked the guys in the locker room or something because they had 28 unanswered points, uh, and they ended up Liberty kind of fought back, but uh, but Louisiana Monroe kicked a 53-yard field goal to end up winning under a couple minutes, and so tough game for the Flames and their resume, but props to the Warhawks. Yeah, it's a great win, um, guys. I I'm kind of nervous to bring this up, but my my next takeaway is pretty controversial. I think Steve Sarkeesian is throwing games for texas okay so <laughs> yeah. they blew a big lead against oklahoma a couple weeks ago and uh-huh. then this past weekend of course blew a a two touchdown lead against oklahoma state um so the the only logical explanation is yeah. that they're throwing games right Clearly. there's no other explanation yeah like, well i actually legit, yeah. obviously i'm kidding but i i read a tweet a very serious tweet from a texas fed i want to read it because it is amazing <laughs> he says I think Sark intentionally lost this game. The second half two weeks in a row have made zero football sense. What I'm implicating is that Sark could be taking backdoor paychecks to lose games. <laughs> 91% of the Vegas money was on Oklahoma State this game. Not to try and take away credit from Oklahoma State. They are a good team. But the way Texas has lost these last two games? Strange. 
Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is, is what a preposterous. I mean, I love the not to take anything away from Oklahoma State, but we literally yeah. tried to lose. Yeah, <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> that's a new one. That is a new one. That is oh such a wild tweet. I just couldn't believe that that was a real person, but I think it was. <laughs> seems seemed real, which is sad. Yeah. But anyway, Oklahoma listener. State on the bright side, qu- kind of yeah. quietly, I feel like undefeated. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yep, they just haven't been sexy doing it. So I think that's maybe a little bit part of it. They just offense has kind of been. Yeah, I mean, as well, there, there, there's a reason they're a touchdown underdog against Iowa State. Yeah, this weekend, exactly. Uh, All right, my second takeaway was Caleb Williams, uh, the freshman quarterback for OU. Just what an amazing first start for him against TCU. He was 18 of 23 for 295 yards and four touchdowns no picks and he also did some damage on the ground 66 yards and a touchdown there and OU finally won a game by more than one score against a, an FBS opponent so I mean there's just really no doubt it, after that performance that this kid is their kind of their future QB um, so unfortunately for Rattler seems like he's either going to be just the backup for a while or transfer um, which if I would say my transfer because a lot of teams are going to want him uh, obviously a very talented kid but just impressive Caleb Williams like the juice and the energy that that offense was just different like all the way around with him there so oh you look more like what we thought going into the year in that game yeah it's up for their defense but yeah the well, offense definitely yeah, did true we thought the defense no, would I be agree. a little better I agree that's the offense we, we've come to know all right so I have to acknowledge some University of Texas schools El Paso and San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, UTSA, great story. Jeff Trailer has done such a good job building that program up. They're 7-0 for the first time. They're ranked for the first time now. They they throttled Rice 45-0. Um, now they've got wins over Illinois, Memphis, and Western Kentucky. So not like the worst resume. And Frank Harris at quarterback, Sincere McCormick at running back, having great years. Props to them. UTEP, though, is even more surprising. They're six and one. They just beat a decent Louisiana Tech team this past weekend, nineteen to three. They've they've had a very easy schedule otherwise, but their season win total was three. So they've just blown through expectations, and it's really remarkable because, like, I watched them during their kind of their Mar- Mike Mike Price days, and since then that program was like left for dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It is. It was kind it of is. fun to watch them under Mike Price. They had some some, some decent teams there. Yeah. Jordan, yeah, Palmer, Jordan right? Palmer. Yeah, yeah, they were not bad. They're back. They're back. So LSU uh, has apparently not quit on the season. Uh, they were missing several key players. Of course, most of their best players out for the year now. Uh, but they beat Florida forty nine forty two. Their running game, which had been horrible for most of the year, has yeah, suddenly come heck? alive. Tyrion Davis Price broke the LSU single game rushing record. Like if I would have told you that a few weeks ago, how that this would be the year that that an LSU running back would break that record? No way, but 287 yards, three touchdowns. Um on the other side, disappointing for Dan Mullen, uh disappointing year so far. Anthony Richardson yeah. and Emory Jones combined for four picks. Um but there's also some news out of Baton Rouge that we'll get to in in just a minute here. Dan right. Mullen, there was a couple times that looked like he wanted to just wring uh Todd Grantham's neck. <laughs> yeah, Grantham that defense, is oh. that defense could not do anything. He's getting fired. He's got to. I oh yeah, like. Grantham's got to be gone, no doubt. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to touch on the uh, Pac-12 South here. We had a uh, kind of a big matchup. Arizona State and Utah went at it, and ASU got off to a pretty fast start in the game. They were up 21-7 at halftime, and re- really kind of just in control of it, playing well. But the Utes woke up 
there in the second half just dominated they outscored arizona state 28 to nothing offense was actually really good they hit the the length of their four touchdown drives in that second half were 75 68 67 and 82 so it was just a long sustained ball control uh rushing offense that we've come to know with utah um you know and everybody was kind of sleeping on them after their first kind of couple early losses that they had um thinking they're just no good whatever but I mean, they were really, really close losses to some good teams. So, I mean, now they're they're the clear front runner, of course, in the in the South. They're the only team without a loss. So, they it's crazy. The nice turnaround they've had in a few weeks. Cameron Rising kind of taking over at, at QB. So, good for Utah. Okay, let's get to uh, our segments, and the first one is the coaching carousel. So, Coach O, of course, and LSU have mutually agreed to part ways at the end of the season. So he will coach out the rest of the year, but. Uh, of course, just two years after winning a national championship, pretty crazy. So he's going to get his money. But what was your guys' reaction to this this happening? Well, you you kind of mentioned the it just two years removed, not even a full two years yet, right? And yeah, you look at what he did. The last year was five and five, and we knew last year. I mean, realistic people knew. Okay, we we lose everybody, right? So they had to know last year was going to be a rebuild. And five and five, it wasn't like it was completely dreadful. And this year they're four and three. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, and he had one of the best teams of all time, (laughs) less than a year and a half, like less than two years ago. So it's just crazy how quick things can kind of turn around on you. It's kind of my just point of thinking. It's like, whoa, I mean, he was walking on water a year and a half ago. And we still like, there's more and more stories that keep coming out. I don't know how many are true and how many are, are not, but, uh, when there's smoke, there's at least probably some, some fire and, and you know, they're four and three, but you kind of watch that team and yeah. it's like, they're not, they're not no, competitive I, they're to win not. the SEC. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know. I, I get what your, your point is, but it's a tough situation. Yeah. After reading the, those articles that, you know, Sports Illustrated had one, The Athletic had one, it kind of seemed like this had to be done. Uh, you know, Title IX issues, you know, it all kind of yeah. started even uh, with last year with players being upset with Coach O about the way he handled the, the social justice um, protests and and then of course two straight bad years on the field so it just everything kind of culminated there's maybe not one particular factor but just everything coming together it seems like yeah kind of had to be done but uh we're gonna have a youtube episode coming out where we kind of examine the odds as far as who will be the the next head coach but is there a name or two that you guys like in particular for the lsu job trey why don't you go ahead and throw it on a name first well i mean i think uh I think the one that's been hot, and especially this year, is Mel Tucker. He's just what he's done at Michigan State has obviously opened a lot of eyes, and given his his history in the SEC, uh, it it it's making some noise. Yeah, I'll throw out. I mean, there's some good names, no doubt about it. But I'll, I'll go. I'll go Luke Fickle. Um, I mean, he was obviously he's had some offers in the past, but waiting for a big time job that would seem to kind of you know I don't know he 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 could be selective. LSU is about as good as they come. Uh, so he would, he would, I would imagine he'd do great there. Yep. I like James Franklin. Same one I like for the, for the USC job. I think he'd do a great job. Great recruiter, big personality. Um, and Billy Napier is the one. So everyone's saying that the athletic director, Scott Woodward, really wants to make a splash. That's what he's done in the past. So the Jimbo Fisher, of course, is a name that's come up. He hired him at Texas A&M. But even Dabo Sweeney, but I just can't imagine that that is realistic. Yeah, that but maybe he'll give him a call. But uh, but I like but Billy Napier to me, even though he's not a splash, 
would be a really, really good hire. Like he's just he's in the state of Louisiana already. He's doing a great yeah. job there. He's coached under Sweeney and uh, Saban. Just kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it is. The one thing about this LSU job, though, there's honestly you could make a list of about twenty candidates, and I could I could probably talk myself into <laughs> about all of them. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a long list, so we'll we'll get to that in the YouTube episode. But uh, the other coach that lost his job uh, this weekend was Nick Rolovich at Washington State. Of course, there's a statewide mandate in the state of Washington for public employees to get vaccinated. Uh, Nick Rolovich refused to do so, as well as a few of his assistants. So they had to be let go. Just crazy situation uh, yeah. that it has come to this. Any quick thoughts? Or? I just never. It's just something that you never think of a reason why a coach would leave lose his job in he just never thought about this in the past. Oh, like, I had no, I took last year. I took a thousand to one uh, two years ago, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, uh, wow. yeah. Refusal to get a vaccine. It would be yeah. how he got fired. That would be his downfall. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Darn. Oh, wow. So I nailed it. But yeah, it's a pretty, pretty crazy situation. But, uh, but I mean, if you were looking at this wazoo job, it'll be the thing I'm fascinated about is if they want to go kind of keep with the trend of keeping a guy with an offensive background, obviously with it, with Leach and Rolovich, or do they kind of shift styles and go defensive? Then I would think offensive, but we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Ryan, you were, we were talking about some candidates. It's, I mean, this is one of those jobs where yeah. I guess the LSU job, there's a million candidates too, but with a, a you know, a bit lower level job like Washington candidates. state. Yeah. They, they're known candidates for LSU with this one. It's just like, any coordinator who's doing a good job anywhere, yeah. any, you know, even like good FCS coach, head coach. Yeah, that's a possibility. Or, they had or Paul any Wolf G- before, which was horrible. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's just some names that have come out. Blake Anderson at Utah State obviously did well at Arkansas State. And then uh, this is having a nice rebound year uh, for Utah State. Um, there is uh, this Weber State's head coach, Jay Hill. He's done a great job there. Um, and he, that's in Utah for people that don't know. Um, and then one last guy I'll throw out was Jeff Grimes, who is now Baylor's um, offensive coordinator. And Baylor's offenses look really, really good this year. So just some early kind of names just to kind of look out for. But I mean, the list would go on and on. And probably people that I've like, what, who's that again? You know? Yeah. But Jay, you know. Jay Norvell, Nevada could be. Yeah. So. I like I, that would be a good hire for them. Yeah. 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 All right, last piece of news we have here is uh, the AAC is reportedly adding six schools from the Conference USA, or from, not I don't like to put the in front of that, from Conference USA. Uh, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA, and the hope is that they'll join uh, the conference in 2023. What do you guys think about this? Meh. whatever i I mean they had to move the needle at all like there's a couple that you kind of had to take because you think you maybe catch some flyers up and coming programs but yeah it's uh it's tough to replace what they're what they're losing yeah but they can i mean charlotte has a lot of potential as a program um i guess they added a lot of texas schools rice is a kind of a little bit of a head scratcher they haven't had a lot of success lately no in anything but um yeah. yeah, you know, some solid schools there. So we'll see. Yep, nature of the beast. All right, now we have a very important segment. Trey insisted that we do this segment. So Trey, <laughs> yes. yeah, he yes. was very adamant. Let's wow. get to it. You've got a top five list for us. I do. And, you know, Halloween's right around the corner. People are getting getting ready for that. So I figured let's do the top five Halloween candies. 
So there's really no room for debate Debate here. These are the definitive top well, five. I know which one you're going to put on there that I don't agree with. Really? Well, no, you can't debate it. There's no oh, debating here. I, 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 All right. Number five, we have got Snickers. I personally love Snickers. I, yeah, it's, a, good. it's a solid candy bar you, that you can always rely on. Uh, number four, I have Kit Kats. Yeah, see, that's the one. No. Oh, Kit Kats are great. No, By the I, way, I I feel like like we, have we not done this before? We may have. I would like to know if, it, Possibly, if the list but, has you know changed. Version, every, maybe, year, every year, it, it, it sounds we want to do something with Halloween. Things change, you know. It could be a new right. candy bar out there. Like Butterfingers have been, <laughs> like Butterfingers have been downgraded. New candy bar. <laughs> Butterfingers have been downgraded because right. of the new flavor. So we got the new, the number new recipe. Three, Whatever, yeah. Number three, Butterfinger, Ryan. Oh, Butterfinger. See, yeah, Ryan, yeah. we've yeah. talked about this. They changed the, the formula. Have you chased it, the new one, Trey? When was the last time you had a Butterfinger? Probably last Halloween, but I don't oh. know. I've always liked a Butterfinger. Well, I liked them in the past, but not so much okay. now. Well, I didn't realize this would be controversial here. <laughs> hey, All right. Gotta come so with your A game. No, yeah. Number two, I did I straight away from something chocolate. This is kind of be my best non-chocolate one. Sour Patch Kids. I love Sour Patch All right. Kids. Those are good. The only problem is those little packs, you only get like five of them. You always want to eat like fifteen, but it's alright. have a fun dip. Whoa. <laughs> and then number one, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, that's I that's the Reese's one that's not debatable. Cups. That's just the thank best. you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Was there anyone you guys two through five? Had? Debatable, but hmm. who did I? Who would you have had? Elsewise, uh, I mean, I, I'm not. I'd say this the order. I mean, I would get rid of Kit Kat. I like your other options. Those are good. Uh, People like Twix or like, like Tootsie Rolls, but Tootsie Rolls. No, no, that's like the worst. Oh, no, that's not. Oh. <laughs> I like yeah. when they throw in because I like when they throw in maybe like. A pack of Twizzlers, like a mini pack. Oh, don't yeah. you like sweeties or what are those things called? Sweet Smarties. Smarties. <laughs> <laughs> They're called Smarties, <laughs> sweetie. Okay. <laughs> no, Smarties are very good. Yeah, Smarties and nerds. Yeah, yeah. I like um, <laughs> sweeties. <laughs> hey, you know it's the way it tastes. Um, I like Three Musketeers. Those are actually oh. underrated. And you know what else is the? Uh, sorry, tangent here, but. Uh, with the one with the coconut, what's that called? Well, they have the almond joy, but then there's also uh, what? What's the coconut? Yeah, I, mm. I think I know what you're talking about, maybe, but I. It's like the sh- coconut, sh- uh, sh- like uh, shaved coconut or something on there, right? Whatever. It? It's not top five, so. All right, Ryan, you can look it. it up, but well, actually, don't look it up now because I got a question for you. <laughs> well, let's okay. move on to our week eight picks and first game. It's Wednesday night. A lot of pressure on this one, Ryan, because yeah. people listening might have already might already know what happened in this game. Oh, so, that's true. Coastal Carolina minus four and a half at App State. What do you think? Well, it was a great win for Coastal. Oh, um, they just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Hey, it's uh, this is interesting, uh, you know, because because uh, App State, you know, there was obviously kind of a three team race. It's always seemed like in that Sun Belt with App State, Coastal, and Louisiana. But it seemed like App State now, in particular, was kind of a distant third. Uh, and App State just got whooped by Louisiana, forty-one to thirteen. Uh, so it's a little. I'm, I'm I'm interested that the spread isn't isn't a little larger. And when it opened up, it was wasn't App State favored one by some by some place we saw. Like yeah, the initial opening line was App State minus one, which which just quickly like, moved. What? 
yeah, that was that was interesting. I wish we could have got that line, but um, I just I think Coastal is just as good or better than Louisiana. Um, yes, Coastal schedule. I, mean, has been, I think they're better. I think Louisiana. Yeah, I that's yeah. What, I mean that's why I was, my point was like I'm just trying to like even be negative on them a little bit, but I mm-hmm. I do think they're better. But so Coastal, their schedule is has been terrible. They have one of the weakest schedules in the whole country, but um, I, and that would normally worry me, but. We know who Coastal is already, though we've seen them all last year. Same guys. It's still Grayson McCall just dominating folks. So, And they've been just throttling everybody except for one game. But I like Coastal. I think they're going to whoop them. Uh, I'm going to make them my lock. Ooh, right out the gates. Yep, yep. Yeah, and the winner here controls their destiny in the uh, Sun Belt East. And Ryan, to touch on your schedule, the best team they've played, to, according to SP Plus, is 97th ranked Buffalo. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> not not ideal. Um, so kind of because of that, before last week's result, I would have really taken App State here, but that game was so ugly. Chase Bryce didn't look good. He had a couple picks. They didn't do well against the run, which isn't ideal against Coastal. You know, Jones, White, McCall. I just, I can't get that performance out of my head. So I'm going to roll the dice with the shots in their schedule. Uh, I trust McCall to rent. He's been ultra efficient, and I think they'll pull out the win on the road. Three for three on Coastal. Plus, they're coming off of a bye. And and this is like, this is their one tough game of the season. So yeah. there's the no holding back. Up. They've yeah. had a, a whole extra week to prepare for it. I think they'll I think they'll go all out here. Good point. All right. Moving on to uh, a Pac-12 showdown here. We got Utah is favored three uh, at Corvallis. They're, so Utah at Oregon State. What do you think here, Trey? Well, first of all, predicting results in the Pac-12 is pretty much as impossible as understanding like quantum physics. It's, it's just so difficult this year. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to take a chance with the Utes. Um, They've looked a lot better since Cam Rising took over at quarterback for Charlie Brewer. You kind of alluded to that earlier, Ryan. And the way that they were able to just kind of pull away in the second half and well, come back and then pull away against Arizona state last week, which we at the time thought was the PAC 12 best team and the, you know the run game has looked a lot better. Tavian Thomas, TJ Pledger even showed up last week. I love Jonathan Jonathan Smith, and he's certainly got the Beavers playing well this season. But I just like the Utes, the trend that they're they're on right now. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think Utah is gonna outclass Oregon State a little bit here. Um, and with with you know obviously with Utah looking like a different team with Cam Rising, you could kind of say the same about Chance Nolan the last couple weeks. He what he started yes. off super hot and was had amazing stats and the last two games has really struggled so not sure what the the problem is there but i going up against a really good utah defense i I don't think it's going to get solved so hoping i'm wrong here i'm going to be cheering for oregon state because one of our listeners got it got me onto oregon state 33 to 1 to win the north but here i'm going to make utah minus three my lock Ooh, all right i'm with you guys i like utah um chance nolan i mean last year was kind of the thing where we kind of learned like, hey, Chance Nolan really, the reason why he wasn't starting over a guy like Tristan Jebbio is because Nolan just couldn't really throw that well. Um, kind of coming to fruition here lately. Um, and that's not a good recipe against Utah. Trist, you know, you, I mean, Oregon State runs the ball well, uh, but yeah, Utah has got a great run defense. That's always been, you know, kind of their strength. So I don't, just don't think it's a good matchup for the Beeve. So I'm also on the Utah train. All right. Next, we've got Clemson. At Pitt, and Pitt is a three and a half point favorite. Just crazy. <laughs> Michael, what do you think? My answer here is the same as it has been seemingly the last month or so. I cannot pick Clemson. Like they've been pretty much the the same team every week. Their offense is bad. 
their defense is very good so that side of the ball could keep them in the game but they've they've sustained some injuries uh, particularly on the defensive line over the last several weeks so I just I think Pitt, Pitt is the better team with the far better offense better quarterback the way Kenny Pickett is playing and uh, defensively I don't think there's that big of a gap Pitt's defense has been great too so uh yeah I like Pitt yeah, Pitt's defense has had a couple of hiccups. Um, they gave up a ton of points to Western Michigan, um, but you know, I mean, True. other than that, they've and you know, Tennessee they got a little a little loose, but you know, Tennessee's got a, a good offense. But um, I'm with you though. I like Pitt. I just think they're the better team here. Uh, Clemson, it's really got really got to try hard to just like convince yourself that no, they're just not very good. Like they're okay. They're they're not a bad team, but like they're not Clemson. This is not the team that we've known and. They just don't have the dominant defense like a like a Georgia does to just kind of overwhelm you. So I think Kenny Pickett can still have some success. He's not going to dominate like he has against other folks, but he doesn't need to. If they put up 17 points, <laughs> probably going to win this game. So, um, yeah, I'm taking Pitt as well. Yep. I mean, Clemson, they're 0-6 against the spread. And I like you guys have said, we've tried to give them the benefit of the doubt a few weeks, but they just are what they are. And and uh, at some point, the great Clemson defense is going to be tired of trying to carry that offense. And honestly, I think if Cle- if they didn't have Clemson on the uniform, the spread might have been higher. So I'm going to take Pitt. I'm going to make them my lock Ooh, of the week. I like it. I like that probably too. Good, I almost probably a good pick. I almost made them my lock. But you guys uh, know how many touchdown passes DJ has this year in six games? No. How many? Take a guess. Not a lot. Four. I'll s- Four. Okay. Oh, that's wow. crazy, right? Like, that is crazy. Four. And he played like South Carolina State or whatever, too. Like, it's like, oh my gosh. He seemed like Should such a four sh- in one game. He seemed like such a sure thing coming into the year just because we saw him in two games play yeah, great last I year. Don't get it. It's baffling. It's baffling. Ooh, jinx. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we've all agreed on every single game so far. So we'll see if there's some disagreement here. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State at Iowa State. Cyclones are favored seven. Yep, can't wait for the media here to uh, to call this an upset since Iowa State <laughs> yeah. is unranked and oh, Oklahoma yeah. State is eighth. Um, I will say the Cowboys have been pretty impressive. They've won three straight against ranked teams. Uh, it's primarily been via their their defense, as the offense just isn't producing like we've uh, been accustomed to with the Gundy teams. And right now, I just really don't trust Spencer Sanders on the road against a, a strong Cyclone defense. He's got six touchdowns and five picks. And this is kind of the Cyclones' M.O. over the last few years under Campbell. They start the season slow and tend to improve as the year goes on. I personally think they're finding that stride right now. And I feel like the public's going to take that seven points with the with the ranked team. So I'm actually going to give the points with the Cyclones. Okay. Well, you know, Oklahoma State got to take last week's win with a grain of salt because, you know, Steve Sarkeesian tried to lose that game. That's true. true. That's a good uh, point. That's a good so, point. you know, got to factor that into the spread here. Um, no, Hey, Oklahoma state proved me wrong kind of last week with a great win. Uh, I, you know, that defense stepped up second half and they just do enough to, to win games, even though if it hasn't been all that sexy, kind of like what we're used to when tech, when Oklahoma state's good, it's usually looks pretty darn good to watch, but just hasn't been that way. The big 12 kind of flip flop a little bit. Um, you know, I do think Iowa state will do enough to win this game. I, I really like them as a team, but it just seems like a lot to ask them to, separate by two scores over an Oklahoma State team that's got a good defense is just solid I mean I just don't see it Ohio State has shown some weaknesses at points so I'm gonna take the Cowboys yeah I don't feel strongly either way here so I was I was kind of waffling but I'll go with Trey I'll go with the Iowa State it is it's Brocktober 
that's got to factor in somehow. <laughs> True. And I think, you know, some people might be surprised at this spread, of course, a number eight team, such a big underdog, but SP plus and FPI would actually make this spread even a little bit bigger. So um, not too much of a surprise to see this great number. Panel, great pl- things those are. FPI and SP plus, just flawless. Okay, well, I'm not saying they're flawless, Ryan, but <laughs> show me your model, okay? <laughs> yeah, I bet it would suck if you that did sounds have one. Bad. That sounds bad, Michael. I don't what? <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's just, I don't even know what I was saying here, but I would say, I, I agree. They're going to start playing better. I think the turnover and special teams flukiness early in the year is not, not predictive moving forward. All righty. Moving on. Next game. We got Oregon is traveling to Los Angeles to play UCLA and Bruins are favored too. What do we think here, Mike? I'm going to go with UCLA. I, they might finally have a decent crowd for this game because game day is yeah. going to be there so i don't i'm we'll see i guess but yeah. uh and oregon is just they've been struggling the last few weeks of course they've had uh, a few key injuries on defense anthony davis got booed or anthony davis <laughs> anthony brown <laughs> it's nba yeah. season now the lakers yeah. <laughs> uh, anthony brown got booed uh last game he did end up you know pulling out the win but uh he of course hasn't been great so and UCLA, that that loss for for Utah, or sorry, for Arizona State was was big for them in terms of their chances of yeah. of getting in that Pac-12 South uh, discussion. So they got a lot to play for. I'll, I'll take UCLA minus two. Yep, I'm taking the Bruins too. the The longer the season goes on, the more of an aberration that Oregon win at Ohio State seems to look. I mean, in their other FBS games, they've been in battles. They needed the late score versus Fresno. Arizona was in it in the fourth quarter. They lost to Stanford, and they just had to sweat Cal last week at the goal line uh, at the end of the game. I'm, I'm not saying UCLA is ultra-reliable at all, but they just had a quality win at Washington. I like the matchup of DTR versus Anthony Brown. I think the, Bru- the Bruins can score enough to keep uh, the Ducks away. Yeah, I mean, and they just, I'm with you. I just Oregon has not been playing well, even against some of the, the bottom teams in the conference. Um, and UCLA is not one of those. UCLA is a good team uh, with an experienced team quarterback i i'm with you guys i like the bruins i just think they're going to be too much for 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 oregon in in uh, los angeles all right so moving on to what's usually the the third saturday in october rivalry but we're losing more traditions as each year goes by now it's the fourth saturday tennessee at alabama alabama is given 25 ryan what do you think yeah i, I you know i hate kind of trying to figure out these huge alabama spreads um it's always tough um, they're going to win by a lot. It's just, will it be 24? Will it be 30? I, I don't know. Um, that's just hard. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm just going to go with Bama, um, because I, I think while, you know, it could very well end up being, you know, close to the spread, which you would think, but I just think a, a complete blowout, uh, is more likely than Tennessee, like actually making it interesting. You know, I could just see like last week where Tennessee or Alabama just destroyed Mississippi state. I could see it being like that mm-hmm. rather than Tennessee surprising you. So Bama for me. I'm going to kind of wimp out on this one and not give a real answer because if, if Hendon Hooker is able to start, of course, got injured at the end of last game, then I'll take Tennessee here because I feel like, I, of course, the number would move, I would think, if, if he gets announced that that he's going to be the starter. Yes. Um, but I just, I, I feel like it won't move enough to, to, to where I think the difference is between him and Milton. Like, I, you can't make that number spread between <laughs> them big enough in, in my mind, so... Um, yeah, but if it's Joe Milton, then sure. Give me Bama. Will Anderson will have a field day. Yeah. Well, also with Cade Mays, uh, 
is questionable too. That that could be a big factor. Yeah, Mays potentially, and then Evans hasn't played the last couple of weeks at running back. Like this line pretty much implies that Hooker isn't playing because I I looking at some of the numbers, it seems like it would be lower just based on what I've I've looked at. But overall, I'm I'm gonna take. I'm going to be like Michael. I'm going to take the tide, assuming Hooker isn't playing. Um, and their defense, they, this is their eighth straight week of playing. They were just on the field for over 100 plays against Ole Miss. Um, I don't think they can keep up with Bryce Young and company, especially if it's Joe Milton. Okay, let's get to the rest of the big games with our honorable mentions. All right, my first game, I got Ohio State as favorite 20 at Indiana. Uh, Ohio State's looked apart the last couple games, albeit not against the best competition, but... Um, you know, with the with the new QB, it's not surprising that they might not have been firing, firing on all cylinders. You know, Justin Fields was great, so it takes a while to get get it going. Henderson's running like a beast, and this Indiana offense is just terrible. Uh, Jack Tuttle threw 52 passes last week for just 188 yards. Uh, that's an average of 3.6 yards per attempt. Only two quarterbacks in the last 20 years have had smaller yards per attempt, attempting at least 52 passes. Whoa, are you using the play index, bro? I did use the play oh index, Oh, my yes. God. Wow. I'm, yeah. I feel threatened. <laughs> One was Brady Quinn against Florida State, actually. Wow. So, Whoa. Yeah, impressive company. Uh, I'm taking the Buckeyes. Uh, Wake Forest is favored three at Army. Uh, I think 6-0 and Wake Forest is just the better team here. Uh, the offense has been very good. They haven't scored less than 35 in a game. Might be hard-pressed in this one. Wake uh, Army likes to certainly shrink the clock but um i just think army is gonna have, to have a tough time keeping up with uh, sam hartman and company so i'm gonna take wake there uh and my final game is georgia tech at virginia virginia's favorite seven uh virginia quarterback uh brendan armstrong leads the nation in passing yards uh, he's been awesome so far this year and they've won three in a row after their two game losing streak where it kind of looked like they were going to be bad this year where they lost by 20 in both games but they just pitched a shutout last week against duke and they're looking good. Um, and Georgia Tech just struggled with Duke. So I think Calvin Leaders are playing much better. I'm going to take them. Okay, Ryan, I just got to one-up your little stat there. Uh, <laughs> I, I did some independent research myself this weekend. No quarterback threw for 400 yards uh, this, this past mm. weekend oh. in FBS. That's the first full slate weekend since week four of 2010 where that's been the case. Wow, over a decade. Yeah. I discovered that crazy. stat late in the night and and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to I'm going to say this on the podcast. And then Carson Strong was at like 330 yards in the third quarter. Last game of the night. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And he and literally got to slow. He got to Nevada. 395 and they still had him in there throwing, but luckily, yeah. He didn't get it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favorite six and a half. USC has had three terrible performances this year and three decent ones. So even as a USC fan, I just never know which team is going to show up. I know Notre Dame hasn't been all that great this season. Uh, Jack Cohn is going to get the start here, and he's been up and down. But I trust Notre Dame more than SC, and I trust Brian Kelly and that staff. So give me Notre Dame. Nevada at Fresno State. Bulldogs favored three and a half. Big game in the, the West Division of the Mountain West. And I'm going to go with Nevada and Carson Strong. He, he didn't let me down by going over 400 yards last week, so I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Um, and Fresno State just hasn't been playing all that well since their win over UCLA. Last week, they this final score looked good, but they were outgained per play by Wyoming. I think it was kind of a misleading. I think it was 5-0 in the turnover battle that they, they didn't won. score, right? Wyoming had a shutout. Yeah, they got no? shut out. Yeah, but it was a little misleading. A lot of, a lot of turnovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final game I have is NC State minus three at Miami. I think NC State is just 
but way better on both sides of the ball. Uh, yeah. They've been really good at stopping the run this year. And if they're able to shut down Miami's running game and leave it to Tyler Van Dyke to throw it, I think that is not a good recipe for Miami. He hasn't been good. Uh, so give me the Wolf Pack. I like that pick. Thank you. All right. I've got LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored nine and a half. It might be some Lane Kiffin gamesmanship, but he's been saying that Matt Corral is questionable and not in very good shape. So we'll see uh, about that. But in LSU, we know they're depleted on defense, but we saw they were still able to beat the Gators thanks to the offense. So I'm going to take the points. LSU plays their final few for Coach O. Maybe Corral isn't at full strength. Uh, Side note, Ole Miss painted the end zones to say Manning in them as they're honoring Eli, but coincidentally, number one recruit Arch Manning will be there as well. Mm. San Diego State is going to Air Force. Air Force is favored three and a half. I'm going to go with Air Force in what could be a Mountain West title preview. This game might only take two hours since they both heavily rely on the, the ground game. The Aztecs are 6-0, and but they've played with fire in a few of them, including a fortunate two-overtime win last week against San Jose State. Air Force coming in with confidence just beat Boise State. Um, I think Air Force is going to stymie the Aztecs' poor, poor offense. And then finally, I've got Wisconsin, favored three at Purdue. I'm going to take the points with the Boilermakers. Wisconsin's defense is outstanding, poses a tough challenge for Aiden O'Connell, but O'Connell and Purdue just put up big numbers to beat Iowa on the road, which seems to be Wisconsin's twin as they have a strong defense and poor offense. So uh, West Lafayette, I think they'll be pumped after that upset win, and Purdue could start making some noise in the conference. They very well could. All right, let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. UConn beat Yale last weekend to get their first win since October of 2019. Which remaining college football streak are you most looking forward to ending? Um, I, I'm just going to go to the Heisman. I want to see a defensive player, a true defensive player win again. That's just been, mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it can't, it shouldn't just be a QB running back wide receiver award. People have been if saying. If Sue can't win it. Yeah. Come on. Or Chase Young. He, he would have been a good choice, but. Yeah, but it's a wide open race. Maybe, maybe a Jordan Davis is getting some buzz this year for Georgia. It'll be tough, yeah, but, but it we'll see. To, yeah, that's just really. He's not putting up stats though. That's not his role. All right, we have uh, we've had a national championship since 1998. You know, whether it's BCS or playoff, and every single participant has been from a power conference or Notre Dame. So I'm looking forward to that streak ending. Maybe this year with Cincinnati. Good. Yeah. True. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking forward to this one ending, but I happen to see that this week, Indiana plays Ohio State. The Buckeyes have beaten the Hoosiers 25 straight times, which is the longest current streak of any two teams. 25? 25. Yeah. All right. I would have guessed longer if, that was, if I had to pick a streak. Current, yeah. Pitt yeah. is favored this week against Clemson. If I told you that before the season, you would have been shocked. What's something that, if it happened later this season, would give you an equal level of shock? This might be a little bit more, but I would say if Michigan State won the Big Ten East. Uh, they've managed to win the the close games. They've been fun to watch with Kenneth Walker. But given they still have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, that would be a shocker. Yeah. I mean, the Clemson thing is a huge shock <laughs> like like how would they yeah, that's, to be oh, underdogs wow. yeah to- yeah yeah i would say baylor making the college football playoff wow yeah ryan you were two years too late maybe i was <laughs> maybe i was 
Um, no, I would say that Early. would shock me equally as if DJ started playing at a Heisman caliber level oh, like we thought he would. Oh, wow. That's actually, yeah. that wow. actually went, went reverse. That's actually not bad. Went reverse if he on just us. suddenly <laughs> did. Yeah, that would, that would Boom, be shocking. That, yeah. All right. Let's get to our upset specials. We got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going to take Charlotte to beat Florida Atlantic on Thursday night. They're a seven point dog. Uh, Chris Reynolds at quarterback has had a really good senior year. And on the other side, Nikosi Perry may not be 100%. I guess he's been dealing with a foot injury. All right. I'm going to go to the Mac. Akron is getting 11 at home to Buffalo. Akron's not good, but the Bulls haven't been quite as good as most of us thought this year. They were very fortunate to beat Ohio last week. They've beaten two FBS teams by one point. So I'm going to take a chance with the Zips. I thought about that one. Um, but I'm going to go with a Colorado. They are nine-point underdogs at Cal. Um, Colorado just beat Arizona 34 to nothing, so they're coming in with a little bit of confidence and did something right. So uh, Cal obviously struggles to score. I could see Colorado pulling that out. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our Patreon if you want to support the show. That's patreon.com slash college football bros you'll get access to our discord server and we will talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.